God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain sect. to share with us more like a continuation from the special program I'd like to share with us on dealing with strongholds okay dealing with strongholds I know that during the special program I spoke about it a bit but I believe at least we must look at it as a separate topic because I have realized that for some of us, what it is that we are dealing with, we are not aware as to what it will take to actually win the battle. You know, you can be aware of a battle, you can be aware of demonic attack, you can be aware of the works of the enemy, but you may misunderstand what it will take to actually deal with that attack that you have become aware of. Do you see? So maybe you know that there's an enemy present and the enemy is wreaking havoc, but you think that maybe the enemy just needs a blow from you, if you can only give the enemy a blow, the enemy will be dealt with permanently. Or you assume that if only you could spend some time in prayer, if only you could spend some time in prayer and pray for a while, the enemy will go away. Do you see? Yeah. Now, that is a reality that confronts us and that's actually what has necessitated my wanting to share with us on the strongholds okay there are also some of us that just are lazy so we just want one step you see a one step solution and so you want a solution that will involve one step. So once you take that step, then you walk away free. But in many cases, it is not like that. And that is because the things that really confront us so that they become issues, like they become issues, we realize that no, this is a problem and there is a demonic activity that is behind it. They are normally strongholds. Hallelujah. They are normally strongholds. And because they are strongholds, they do not just go away. Some of you feel like if only you can be prayed for in a certain powerful way. You hear stories of someone say, I was plagued with this addiction 
And I went delayed her. So from that time, I never desired that addiction again. Two things. Either it was not an addiction or you are lying. Because an addiction means a stronghold. See, the meaning of addiction itself means that a stronghold has been established. That makes it difficult to separate yourself from what it is that you feel you are addicted to. It means that just the thought that you want to break away is not enough for you to break away. Some things, just the thought of breaking away is enough. It is like that girl that wants to break up with a gentleman and tells the gentleman that let's break up. And the gentleman says, I will not accept the breakup. Do you see? So I'm saying, let's break up. Then the other no, I will not accept the breakup. That is how it is with an addiction. Just the thought that let's break up is not enough. You have to prove it. You have to show working. You see? If you show working, then gradually the fact that let's break up will become a reality. Hallelujah. Yeah. And for many people, when they say let's break up and the other person says no, that's when it ends. Then we are back in the relationship. It means that the stronghold is prevailing. Do you see? Yes. But if you say, let's break up, and the other person says, no, say, okay, I have broken up with you. So with time, the person will understand. Do you get it? They call you, don't pick. They send you a message, don't text you, block them. They visit you, you are there, but you send a message that you are not there. Gradually, the person will also come to accept <laughs> that a breakup has happened. So an addiction is not something that you usually break away from. And if you do not easily break away from it, then it means that it's a stronghold. If it's a stronghold, you can't use one step to get rid of it. Hallelujah. That's why I'm saying that at times it's not an addiction. It's not an addiction. It's not an addiction. It's something else. I don't know. Or you are lying. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we read from Second Corinthians chapter 10, where Paul says that for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Stronghold. And during the special program, I explained that a stronghold is a fortified city. A stronghold is a castle. It's a castle. And the reason why it's a stronghold is that you cannot easily take it. It's like a fort. You cannot easily take it. It's a strategic place. And there are weapons. There are guns. There are arches. There are cannons. <laughs> and normally they put it on an elevated ground. So as you are trying to climb, you are being dealt with. Have you watched movies where people are inside and they pour maybe oil, yeah, hot oil, something inflammable. Then they shoot an arrow there. 
Because the moment you get over the walls, you can win, especially if you're able to go behind and open the gate. So that is the nature of a stronghold. I want you to understand it. So that you don't think that you can deal with a stronghold with one sweep. Your troubles are over. Or you don't think that you can deal with a stronghold with the laying on of hands alone. Once you are prayed for, your troubles are over. It is not the case. Then someone will say that then I don't need to be prayed for. You see, that's how human beings we are. When we discover that it's not one step, then all that step that can come together to make the thing work, you know, we just don't want any of them. It's either one step or no step. You see, no, to be prayed for is necessary because at times to even mount an attack on the stronghold, you don't have the energy for it. The stronghold has dealt with you to the point where you can't bring yourself. There's no hope, there's no desire, there's no inner strength to actually rise up. You can't even see the possibility of victory. You know, to see the possibility of victory is very important in every offensive that you launch. Because if you don't see the possibility of victory, how will you start? You won't start, right? You have to know that, hey, it is possible I will win this battle. And at times, the enemy can deal with you to the point where you don't believe you can win the battle, especially if you have made several attempts in the past and the enemy was there to make sure you did not win. So as you think of making another attempt, the enemy brings his notebook and begins to show you three weeks ago, three months ago, you tried this. Remember, you were so convinced that you will be able to win, but you couldn't. Just two months ago to the same. So the enemy comes at you so strongly that you give up. So at times, even hope, now you see, we are talking about what it would take to overthrow the stronghold. Hope is part of it. To have hope that it is possible to overthrow the stronghold. Like when the Israelites got to the edge of the promised land and the spies were sent to go and check. The Bible says that the spies that came and said that it is not possible for them to take the land they brought an evil report. Hallelujah. They brought an evil report. So they said, there is no hope of victory. We can't win. The people are stronger than us. Do you see? So to actually step out and to battle the enemy, you must have the belief that it is possible for you to win. And at times, the demonic oppression can be so strong that to even feel that it is possible to win, you can know that it is in the Bible that it is possible to win. You can even sit under a preaching and they will tell you that it is possible to win. But all the information that is coming to you, that is telling you that it is possible to win, there is a stronger impression on your heart that you seem unable to separate yourself from. And that stronger impression is telling you that you cannot win. So that you are in the midst of a lot of information telling you you can win, but you can't bring yourself to take hold of it and begin to work with it. Please understand that. Uh -huh. So now, when you are prayed for, it helps you to now come to the place where you can even believe that there is hope to win. Please understand that. At times, you're being prayed for, that is one of the things that may come to you, especially if that is what you need. 
So you say, oh, okay, then if I'm prayed for, then it should solve everything. No. If you are prayed for, it gives you what you need that without the prayer you could not have. Do you understand that? But eventually, the battle is yours to fight. So there are situations where you have to be prayed for the enemy that is pressing you to the point where you cannot bring your head out of the water to even start the fight. That enemy will have to be dealt with so that now you can begin to fight the proper enemy. Hallelujah. So strongholds are not dealt with in one sweeping step. No. They are not dealt with by committing yourself to five hours of praying. Even though committing yourself to five hours of praying is still helpful and is going to contribute, it is not the only step that is required. Please, I'm not saying exactly five hours. I'm just saying long time to pray. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you first have to admit that in many situations, what will truly deal with the enemy, it is many steps. It's not one step. It is many steps. And the one that seeks to be totally free from a stronghold, particularly a stronghold, must be willing to commit to following all the steps that will lead to freedom. At times you discover two steps and then you follow it and then you discover that, oh, it has led you somewhere, but you are not totally free yet. Do you understand? Then you discover another step and then you take it and then you say it has led you somewhere, but there are certain residual effects of the stronghold that still remain. And so you take other steps. Anyone that wants to be free must be willing to take all the steps that will be required that a person will be free. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he said, what shall I do to have eternal life? Now, to break away from your bondage, to break away from the stronghold, is to actually have eternal life. Hallelujah. Because then you can come into the life which the stronghold was hindering you from having. So if the stronghold is preventing you from being a certain person, to actually escape from that stronghold now gives you the opportunity to be that person that God wants you to be. And to be that person, to have that kind of state of heart and mind is to have eternal life. So he comes to Jesus and he says, what shall I do that I may have eternal life? Jesus says, if you want to have eternal life, you know the law. Thou shalt not this, thou shalt not this. And he says that all these laws, I have kept them from infancy. Please understand that. Now, you see, Jesus is telling him things that he must do. And he seems to have done some of them. But he had not done all of them. Hallelujah. And because he had not done all of them, then he did not have what it was that he was looking for, which was eternal life. So Jesus said, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. So normally, if you read the scripture, you will say that, okay, then the message is that sell all that you have and give it to the poor. You see? No, the message is that sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. 
you see, then come and follow me. So some of you, maybe you hear, sell all that you have. You go and sell all that you have. Now, this is not literal, to give up your wisdom, okay? To give up that which pertains to your life is to sell what you have. So go sell all that you have. When you find that you are selling all that you have, but somehow you don't find that you have treasure in heaven, then there's a problem. Because the more you give up what it is that pertains to your life, the more your heart should be oriented towards heavenly things. So if you feel that you are selling all that you have, but you are not having treasure, said distribute unto the poor and do it, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. You find that you are not having treasure in heaven. Your heart is not being inclined unto spiritual things. You find that your desire is not for things that are above. Even though you seem convinced that you are selling all that you have, then there's a problem, you see. So that's why I said it's many steps. Because when you hear that sell all that you have, you may sell all that you have, but you may do it wrongly. Do you see? So when you see that the next point is not being fulfilled, which is that you may have treasure in heaven, then you have to review what it is that you think you are doing when you say you are selling all that you have. Then it does not stop. They say, come and follow me. So that's also another step. Hallelujah. That is also another step. And as people who are trying to follow God, we should be open to taking many steps. When you find that you don't want to take a lot of steps to be free, it means that you don't really want to be free. Hallelujah. When you find that you don't want to take a lot of steps to follow God, then you know that you don't really want to follow God. Those who really want to attain unto that which they say they want to attain unto are also willing to take many steps. Hallelujah. All right. So a stronghold is such that it will require that you take many steps. Because a stronghold is not built in a day. You see, the enemy did not come and pitch his tent in your life in one day. So one day the enemy came. If the enemy came in one day, then you could also just use a step to clear the enemy. It took time for the enemy to establish himself in your life. Hallelujah. And the things that seem to serve as protection for the stronghold, they are things that the enemy took time to establish in your own life. You see how that when God wants to come into your life, he introduces doctrine, right? When God wants to come into your life, he introduces doctrine to you. And with the doctrine comes a temporary urge to go according to that which the doctrine teaches. Now that is part of the preaching of the doctrine. So as you are being taught doctrine, you find that as the doctrine is coming to you, there's an immediate desire, that's if your heart is set right, you sense this immediate desire to do that which the word of God says. Now that desire is not permanent, it is temporary. It is for you to now take hold of the doctrine and run with it. But when you take hold of the doctrine, the desire will go down because that desire just came for you to begin your journey. In your journey, you will build a proper desire that is permanent. 
And that desire comes when you do not yield to the contrary things that the enemy presents to you in his attempt to get from you the doctrine that you have received. And when you read Mark chapter 4, it is there, the sower who went out to sow the word and the many conditions that the word fell into. Hallelujah. The last condition is actually the condition of temptation. The early ones are the conditions that we face that are not really temptation, but they still are able to take the word of God away from us. Some fell by the wayside, some fell on the rocks or the stony ground, and then some fell in thorns. But the last one that fell on good soil, Jesus explains that this is the one that bore fruit with patience. In one of the accounts, it talks about patience. Hallelujah. And patience is long-suffering. And that is the state of the one that undergoes temptation. Amen. So, in as much as it seems like the early ones are the temptation, I'd like to submit to you that the final one, which led to the bearing of fruit, is the temptation. Hallelujah. So, a sign that your heart is a good ground means that you are now admitted into proper temptations. I took my time to explain temptations during the special program. Amen. Yeah, so the Lord introduces to you the word and with it the desire to do the word. Then you must take the word and fight as this initial desire diminishes. You must fight and develop proper desire. Now, when that proper desire is developed in you, it means that the word has found a place in you. Because then you now don't just have knowledge of the word, you have also affection for the word. That's what Jesus meant when he said, I have salt in yourself. We've explained this, what it means to have salt in yourself, what it means to be the salt of the earth. Salt is affection for truth. That affection for truth is not the initial affection. It is the affection that comes when a person takes the word and begins to work with it. Amen. Now, that is how God works. It is also the same when the enemy wants to establish a stronghold. So God also works with us through his word, and we go through processes till the word becomes a stronghold in us. Do you see? And I explained to you that the new Jerusalem, as it descended from heaven in the book of Revelation, is a stronghold. It means that it's a city that you cannot breach. Hallelujah. The thing about God's strongholds is that it cannot be breached. The thing about the enemy's stronghold is that God can breach it. Do you understand that? Yeah, so the New Jerusalem is a stronghold which cannot be breached. And the way the New Jerusalem is established in the heart of a person is the same way that the enemy also establishes a stronghold in the heart of a person. So a stronghold also is established through doctrine. Doctrine all around you. Doctrine that is preached to you. Doctrine that you hear in your upbringing. Doctrine that allows for the enemy to come in. Hallelujah. So it means that if you have a stronghold, there is a doctrine that allows for the stronghold to stay with you. There is a doctrine. There is a doctrine. There is not just a doctrine. There is also a way of life. 
Because that is how God also deals with us. When the doctrine comes, we are expected to apply the doctrine to our lives, isn't it? So now, we learned this some time ago, how God builds the outside so that the inside can come and rest in it. I think I've taken a long time to explain to you why you must obey the word, even on the outside. And how that, when what is spiritual is coming, it must have an external to rest in, right? And the externals that we have is our way of life. So that when the doctrine begins to put in order our way of life, we are being prepared for that which is spiritual to be downloaded into us. We understand that. If the external is not prepared, what is spiritual cannot come. It's like if you don't have a body, your spirit has nowhere to dwell. You understand that. So once there is a body, then your spirit can dwell. If there is no body, your spirit cannot dwell. So when the enemy who is trying to establish a stronghold, remember the stronghold is spiritual. The stronghold is spiritual. So this is how it is being established. Things must be built. Things must be put in order in the life of the person so that when finally the stronghold comes, the stronghold, like Jesus said, the son of man must have a place to lay his head, right? The stronghold is also building a place so that when it comes, it can have a place to lay its head. Now, when what must be built is built, and now the spirit which actually establishes the stronghold comes, then the stronghold is set. Because then the stronghold is not just inward or spiritual, it is also outward. So it is fortified. For instance, if a thought enters your head, that thought comes from hell. You understand that? And no matter how compelling that thought is, if there is no external arrangement, if there is no life that has been established previously that allows for such a thought to stay with you, it is very easy to banish the thoughts. Some of you, some things that you've never done before, some evils that you've never done before, when they come into your head, you can just banish it. Do you understand? Why? Because there is no preparation. Nothing has been done so that this spiritual thing, this spiritual arrow that is being shot at you will have a place to stay. So it's very easy to banish spiritual attacks when there is no external arrangement done in our lives to let this attack take hold in us. Did you get it? Does that make sense to you? So if an attack is coming from us, you can just say, hey, off. But if your life has been prepared for such a shot from the Spirit, you don't just easily say go, because there is a foundation upon which this thing comes to rest. So it is more difficult to get rid of such a thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you understand that? And that is why it is also easy to banish a false doctrine. When I say false doctrine, it's not just something from the Bible that has been misinterpreted, but just something that is false, that teaches you a way of life that is against God. When the enemy comes with such a thing into your thoughts, you could easily say no and move on. That is when it is not a stronghold. Why? Because just like when the word of God comes to you in doctrine, you can just rationalize your evil and get rid of the doctrine, and the strength of the doctrine will die with you. In the same way, when the enemy shoots to you a doctrine, like some of us, there are evils that we have not entered into now. Do you see? 
it is easier to not enter into an evil than to actually break away from one that you have entered into. Why? Because it's easier to separate yourself from a doctrine which is not out of a stronghold than a doctrine that is established as a stronghold. It is easier to break away from the earlier one, which is that a false doctrine, you are with your friends, you are into a certain life. They say, oh, this is why we do it. Guy, you say, no, this is not for me. You understand that? But if you don't say that this is not for me, and you linger around, do you see? You linger around such friends. You linger around such doctrines. Eventually, just like you keep coming to church, you keep listening, right? Eventually, the doctrine will come at you in a stronger force, not because it has gone to prepare and come, but because just by not walking away, you have shown yourself a little bit friendly to that doctrine. It means that you are yielding small, small, hallelujah, till eventually you yield to the doctrine. Then the doctrine becomes your way of thinking. So when you are there, it comes into your mind that you could do such a thing. It comes into your mind that you could do such a thing. Then you begin to pattern your life according to that doctrine. Now, as you begin to pattern your life according to that doctrine, that's the false doctrine, your heart is now open for a stronghold to exist with you. So then the enemy now can come and stay. Amen. Now, when the enemy comes to stay, there is a higher doctrine that you enter into. It's the same with God. Through the doctrine that you receive, when you apply it to yourself, you gain a higher revelation, right? And that revelation is stronger than the earlier doctrine that you received in terms of its hold on you. So in the same way, when you submit to the doctrine of hell and you order your life according to that doctrine for a while, you actually come to a state where you have a revelation, a deeper insight about that false doctrine. In other words, it grips you in a stronger way. So that now if somebody dismisses the false doctrine, that led you into that particular stronghold, it will not be enough because something else grips you. For instance, there are evils that we know the word of God says we should not do, but we still do it, right? It means that we are at a state where to just know that something is bad is not enough. But there's a stronger knowledge in us that convinces us that that thing is good, especially in the time that we are being tempted. There is a doctrine inside that. That doctrine is stronger. So that's a sign that a stronghold has been built. When a stronger doctrine is built inside you, that makes the external doctrine something that, if it is debunked, it is still irrelevant to you. Amen. So now, the enemy has come to stay. Why? Because through the initial announcement of doctrine, you have become a convert. And now, the enemy has found in you a dwelling place. Amen. So this is just a gist as to how strongholds are established. And you realize that this is not done in 30 minutes. Because even the application of yourself to the false doctrine or the false ideas that the enemy brings to you, you don't just apply it in one way. Maybe you think, oh, the enemy just gave you opportunity to do what it is that he had taught you to do. And then you did it. Then, ah, no. You do it in this way. In another way, you do it also. In another way, you do it then you will do it when there is hindrance. Maybe initially you will do it when there is no hindrance. It's like the table is prepared before you. So you just take that step. It was like 
all your fears were removed so that you could now take it. Maybe the next opportunity you will do it with hindrance. In other words, it will not just be an easy step, but you will now maneuver your way to do it. Then you now have to even lie to do it. Do you see? You have to tell a lie so that you get the opportunity to do it. So you see, then by the time you are really into that trap, it's not just that your problem is lying. No. You have had opportunity to actually engage yourself in that evil in different occasions, in different situations, which engaged different things about you. At times, maybe you even have to spend to do it, like spend money. So now, this time is different. It's not like, oh, you had the opportunity to do it, then you did it. Now you don't have opportunity, but now you are urged to now put in effort to create that opportunity. You think that is the same to just be there one day and then you had the opportunity and you take a step. That's different from no opportunity, but now you are urged to have ideas and to now put in the effort to create the opportunity, then you do it. So that's that the thing is becoming stronger and stronger, right? Yeah. The thing is becoming stronger and stronger. And then you see that now. Such a thing, if you want to get away from it, you now know that it cannot be by one step. Because you didn't take one step. It's like going to the gym. You gym every part. Today you do arms, right? The next day you do legs. The next day you do stomach. The next day you do bench. Then you do cardio. Even the cardio, there are different types. She so said that it's a holistic thing. But if you say you want to go to the gym, to gym just your stomach. Because you feel like your stomach is becoming big. You know you will not succeed, right? You will not succeed. You have to gym every part in order for your stomach to also go down. So that's free advice. Anyway, so if you see a stomach that is big, you may conclude that it's a stomach muscles here. So let's just work on it and it will go down. Do you see? That's a stronghold. It was established through many things. So you'll be surprised. Now that your thighs have become so big, it's part of your stomach problem. You see, your hand has become big. Your chest is becoming like a woman's breast, you see. So when you check your breast, hey, there's space under. If you're a gentleman, the day that you know that no, you have to do something is when your child wants to suck your breast. You see. <laughs> I mean, there's no resemblance, right? But if the child is beginning to see the A. <laughs> yeah, so it's not just one step. So I tell people that want to break away from certain troubles that you cannot just concentrate on that trouble. You have to get your whole spiritual life in order. Because it's not just, oh, my stomach, so let me gym my stomach. No, for it to become a strong, it has done so many things to you. Just that it is just standing now. It's like a building. You see it on the floor, right? So you think that you can just gather about 50 strong men and push it from one location to the other because all that you see is that the building is on the floor. Not knowing that there is a foundation, right? So you can't just push the building to another plot. You see, you can't do that. You can't bring a truck and then you tie a rope and then you pull the building because there's something under. 
That's how a stronghold is. Amen. So do we get it that you can't just use one step to deal with a stronghold? Yeah. It's also part of the enemy's deception for you to think that you can use one step to get rid of a stronghold. So you'll be so disappointed over time that you don't want to take any step at all. Do you see? But now know that you don't use one step. So if it is not established in a day and it is not established by one step, you see, then what do we do? What do we do about strongholds? What do we do about strongholds? What will normally happen is that the Lord will help you to become aware that it is a stronghold that is in your life. It means that the Lord will open your eyes to the oppression of the enemy in your life. Now, even that alone, there are some of us that will struggle with it. But the Lord will constantly be trying to throw light on the enemy as a result of his word that comes to you. And then, naturally, as human beings, we like to convince ourselves that we are not that bad. I mean, it's not your fault. Who really think they are that bad? You see, but the day that the Lord opens your eyes, you will understand how bad you are. But the question is whether you will accept it. Because it means a lot to know the depth of the enemy's work in you. And it's even more difficult if probably in your life people think you are cool, you are a nice person, oh, you are normal. When you do, people, nobody seems to see that there is a demonic stronghold in your life or there are demonic strongholds in your life. So to even admit it to yourself that this is a problem and this is a major problem is something that is not easily done. But you must do that. Hallelujah. Some of you will admit it by saying it's not anything. Or you will give excuses as to why you are in that trouble. You will blame many things and not yourself. You understand? So you will not even accept that you are in that bondage because there is something that you love that is keeping you in that bondage. You like to play the victim. So you see, just a simple know that this is a demonic stronghold in your life, even though we can dilly-dally around it, and God will finally corner us. And that day, we will cry. We say, ah, God, this is my life now. And then when we cry and we wake up, we assume that as we have cried profusely, the stronghold is gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you were just coming to terms with the stronghold. It's not gone. Like you've not seen the enemy. Seeing the enemy doesn't mean that the enemy has been defeated. Is that the case? If you see the enemy, it doesn't mean that the enemy has been defeated. So then you come to the understanding that this is the enemy and this is what the enemy has been doing in my life. Hallelujah. Then you begin to now deal with the doctrine that the enemy has established in your life. That's where we start from. You begin to deal now. At times, to be prayed for will help you to come to terms with the evil. Do you understand? Because maybe that will be the covering that the enemy has placed upon you so that you know it's evil, but you've not had that confrontation. See, that confrontation that makes you see how deep the thing runs. And at times being prayed for can help you with that. At times you may have it, but you are too under that you don't have hope or you don't even know what to do from there. Being prayed for can do that for you. But then in terms of your own step that you have to take, you have to now begin to confront 
the doctrine that was sold to you. Hallelujah. Now, it means that you enter this phase where you are going to reorient yourself as to the kind of things you have believed about life, about even what it is that you are being held in bondage about. If you don't reorient yourself in that doctrine, or if you don't separate yourself from that doctrine, you don't stand a chance. Hallelujah. You don't stand a chance. So some of us, we want to be delivered, but we have certain belief systems that enforces the stronghold. It makes the stronghold stay. Remember, the stronghold was not just built. It was built systematically so that it can stand. And one of the things that allows for things to stand in their spirits is the doctrine. The doctrine is the protective wall. Hallelujah. The doctrine is the gate that is put in the wall to either allow people in or to keep people out. So you are going to have to change your thinking. Like some of us here, we sit in church, but it has not occurred to us that our everyday belief system about things, about life, about how things ought to be done, about how people are, about how we ourselves must be, our everyday belief system has changed. Some of us, we have a belief system that a lie can get you immediately out of trouble. Do you see? So you are in bondage, but you don't know that this is one of the things that is keeping you in bondage. You will easily lie. And you've not seen, you are in church, you feel like you are making progress, but you are not. Because your belief system about lying and taking responsibility for things you have done, you have not changed it. Hallelujah. You have not changed it. So you must now go on that path where you begin to change your thinking, where you begin to change the doctrine you are subscribed to. So if you have strange things that you still subscribe to, if we are to ask you to say it here, you will be shy to say it, but you still subscribe to it. You don't know that that was what the enemy used to establish the stronghold. So you are here seeking deliverance, but you are still holding on to what the enemy used as building blocks to establish the stronghold. Your boy, some this is share stronghold. You still are keeping it. It means that you are keeping a home for the enemy whilst you seek to get the enemy out of your life. So you even become worse and worse. See, one thing about the enemy is that when you make an attempt in the wrong way to break out, the enemy does not just keep you in bondage. There's an attempt to reinforce the stronghold, you see. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. Jesus said when an evil spirit is driven out of the life of a person, that evil spirit goes wandering about. If it does not find a place to dwell, comes back to check. And he sees that the place has been swept clean, but there is no occupant. What do you think? Yeah. Practically speaking, and specifically, okay, this is to attempt to deal with a stronghold by not dealing with it. How do I explain this? You took the initial step, because if the enemy can return, then the enemy was not really removed. It is an appearance of the removal of the enemy that we experience when we come into contact with something from God that makes us temporarily break free from demonic activity. Like when you are prayed for, you have a temporary relief. Please understand that. But if you do not go on to find an occupant for yourself, which then is the Lord, 
if you do not go on to establish a different stronghold in the place where the enemy held you bound, the enemy will come again and you realize that your state is more grievous than it was before. You understand? Isn't that normal that if you have a Christmas goat and then you use the line rope, you see the rope that we used to do dry line to tie that goat and the goat breaks out and you go and catch the goat, will you use the same rope? Uh-huh. You have to improve upon the strength of the rope. So maybe you use the one that they now put on the road as road ramps. Have you seen that rope? <laughs> that you can just use it to tie the middle part of the goat. The weight of the rope itself will keep the goat down. You see, so naturally you would want to take steps to even not make the goat believe again. Yes, and that it can come up. Because once it has broken up, you find that if you use the same method, obey the obey, try to obey the same thing to get out. You get you have to take hope away from the goat. So you use a method that maybe you tie the two legs and the mouth. You see? And then put the goat down. Or you just kill it. <laughs> We're going to kill you on Saturday, but as you have run away on Wednesday. And we found you on Thursday. Thursday, we'll just do the fire. At least if we kill you and put you in the fridge or freezer, you stay there. No goat has left the freezer before. <laughs> so do that. So that's what the enemy does. Sometimes you try in an unlawful way to get out, the enemy will try to reestablish it. Even if you try in a lawful way, the enemy will always try to come back. And to raise up stronger things. But then, if you are doing it right, you will always win. Amen. So, the first thing, as I've spoken about, is to deal with your own belief system, the doctrines, the things that you believe. Amen. The things you believe about friendship, the things you believe about family. So, if you have weird ideas about family, okay, for instance, you believe that your true family is your blood, okay, and it is not bad because this one, someone will misunderstand saying, no. The family that God gives you in the material, the aim is that if all your people in the family are moving in a proper direction, that is in a spiritual direction, eventually your relationship will move beyond blood and then become something greater than blood. Do you get it? So that is the hope that every family must have. That if they all work with God, they will graduate from being family because they are blood, and then they will become family on a spiritual level. Please understand that. Yeah. Now, the sad thing is that not every family goes through that. So that's the reality. Because if family is blood, then the strongest nucleus of the family, it should not be possible to establish it. Because it is established between two people who are very far away in terms of their blood. It is even such that if their blood is too close, those they will not allow. You can't marry your uncle's daughter. Do you understand? Yeah. Those they will not allow you to marry. Like, even now, we will not allow you to marry such a person. So in trying to establish a family, we go far away from similarity in terms of blood. But that is enough. Husband and wife become a family. Do you understand? Where did you know yourself from? When you check your blood, you are different. 
Just your DNA different, but you become a family. How is that possible? So family is beyond blood. Do you understand that? Especially to know that your life goes on after this place. You should believe that it is very likely that some of the people in your family, you will not see them again after death. Do you understand that? Temporarily, you may see them when you are in the world of spirit. But when you are done with judgment, you may not see some of your family members again. That's the reality. In heaven or in hell, you will be with those that are like you in spirit. Those are your kindred, your kindred spirits. They are your kinsmen. Those are the people that you are going to be with. Or you thought that it's your family. No. So some of you have this idea in your head, and it's part of the enemy's roots into your life. So you have not sorted out your mind. So it means I must abandon my... No, you don't. You actually help. Especially when you understand this, you would want them to also be spiritual, right? Yeah. But to think that your family... You see, you have a brother that is on the same spiritual path as you. You have a sister that is on the same spiritual path as you. You are kindred spirits in the spirit, okay? But you ignore that person and you think that person is not your brother. Who else is your brother? <laughs> who is your brother? So people who think this way are carnal people. You see, and this can be part of the enemy's stronghold in your life. So there's a stronghold that is in your life and this thinking is what is sustaining it. This thinking is what is sustaining it. Hallelujah. Some of you, because of this thinking, you can't even believe that certain evils that are passed through the family, you can break away from it. Because you really believe in the strength of the blood over the strength of the spirit. Hallelujah. You see, when I say certain doctrines we subscribe to, we may take our minds to some things. Okay, I'm just trying to let you see little, little ideas that we have. That if we were asked to say, we will not say. Because we know that, no, the word of God doesn't really support it. But somehow we keep to it. If we are going to break away from a stronghold, we must learn to do away with such doctrines. Hallelujah. Then we must, at the same time as we are, well, if you change your doctrine, it must result in you reordering your life. You understand? Because your life is according to your doctrine. So if you change a doctrine, if you say, no, this doctrine is wrong, and I have to change it, to change your mind is not enough. You must also have the consequent change of life. So when you want to break away from a stronghold, you must begin to separate yourself from certain things. You must begin to take certain steps that will actually now correspond to the freedom that you are looking for. So if you are in a certain way of life, you do certain things routinely. If you are into certain habits, then to break the stronghold, which is spiritual, the stronghold is not the habit. The stronghold is the spiritual presence that keeps you on a certain path that you cannot easily separate yourself from. If you want to erode away the stronghold, then you must also go to the habit. Remember, the habit is supported by your doctrine, what you believe. So as you are changing the doctrine, you must also be changing the habit. This is part of the steps you must take. You cannot get away from a bondage if your habits don't change. Listen, 
You cannot get away from a bondage. Like, for example, if you are in certain groups, you are among certain friends, you are trying to break away from a stronghold, but you have remained in the friendships that re-establish and reinforce the stronghold. Hallelujah. And you believe that God will break you out, then you will now have the strength to be among such friends, but be unaffected. Do you see? But that's not how it works. You are not coming out, except you begin to take steps to separate yourself from such friends. Oh, it's my friend from childhood. You are not kindred spirits. We don't choose friends like that. Oh, he has not done anything to me. But in this friendship, that is where also your stronghold is having a place to stay. The friendship provides the avenue for your stronghold to continue to exist. When you are among such friends, you realize that the stronghold in you is able to stay. So then, as I'm with them, when I come back, I will break away. No, you will not. Because what makes you want to stay in the friendship is also what will not allow you to break away from the influence that the friendship brings. Any group that you are in, any friendship that you are in, that serves as reinforcement for the stronghold in your life, that friendship must change. It must change from friendship into a mere acquaintance. Listen to me. The person will say, what have I done? No. No. Remember, you are trying to get out of a stronghold. You are being oppressed. And that is serious. And this evil communication that is coming out of this bad friendship that you have is supplying the ingredient for your imprisonment. So you break away. You must even go to the extent of breaking away from people who are not necessarily bad, but you cannot even talk about your spiritual aspirations when you are with them. If such people are your friend, what will you do? Because even spiritual aspirations, when we have talked about them plenty, we still have to take further steps. Otherwise, we cannot fulfill them. How much more being amongst people that your spiritual aspirations do not make sense to them. It's some way to them. It's like well, they'll shut you down. They'll make you feel foolish. We are not going to be friends again. Hallelujah. Do you know, my friends? You people, we are done. Yes. So, you said I don't have any friends. No, you can have any friends. But know that if you want to get out of a stronghold, huh, there is a life that you are in that is contributing to the stronghold, being a stronghold. And you must change that life. There are habits. There are things that you like to do. There are certain things you enjoy. You understand? Some of you like to watch movies. You see? But you are coming out of a pornography addiction. But you are into a lot of movies. You see? You will not come out. You will be prayed for. You will resolve today. After a special program, you will resolve that, hey... This letter, but how do we fight? That's the question. You think that the fight is only in ah, there's a strong desire, I will not yield. That's not the only place. That's there. But there are other fights. Like your life. Well, when your life is not changed 
and the strong desire for you to yield to such pornographic things come, it will be too late for you. You may resist for a few days, but you go back into it. Hallelujah. So for you, for you, because of your problem, you have to stop watching movies. Or you think that, hey, Pastor, I watch movies, but I won't watch movies that will lead me in that direction. Right? No, you see, this one, I don't even have to argue it out with you. Because I know you know this by experience. Hallelujah. When you start with other movies, right? And then by the time, because it's in the vicinity, you stay in the vicinity. Do you understand that? It's like breaking up with somebody, but you're in the same neighborhood. You're in the same class. <laughs> no. Or you keep checking the person's status. No, when you are breaking up, you have to say, hey, give me space. We may be friends in the future, do you understand? But for now, this stronghold, that was our relationship, it must be broken. And we can't keep old habits. Oh, we are big, but we are still friends. So you keep visiting yourself and you are visiting yourself before the breakup. So the only thing that has happened, the words have gone now that we have broken up. Now you still visit yourself, you still eat together, you still go for lectures together, you go and spend some time during the weekend. You, you are doing everything the same because you say you are friends now. You know that you are not going anywhere with this, right? Yeah. I've seen people like that. They'll come, you know, Pastor, we look at the table and say, we want to come back together. <laughs> we were waiting for you, don't worry. Just continue with your life. Hallelujah. So if you are breaking away from something, your habits must change. And you know, habits are difficult to change. Like the one that breaks up. If you were in a relationship, you woke up in the morning and you went to visit the person. You went to visit the person. Once the breakup happens, the following day, you don't know what to do, right? You wake up in the morning, there's nothing. And that's very some way. You'll be bored. You don't know what to do. And it's not even just simple boredom. It's like there's no life again. Because your life is built on the habit. So it makes you feel alive. But now something is blocking you from following your usual way of living. So you wake up, you're there. You want to pick a phone to call. You know, your habit is that even your phone that you have, you don't use it to call boys, boys. You call one person. <laughs> boys, boys, you send text message. Or you flash that they should call you. Do we still flash? <laughs> you see. So you are there. So you can be there. Do you see? Or those of you on campus, when you are grabbing someone fresh and the person said yes, and two, three weeks later there is vacation. Do you see? When you go home, you don't know what to do. Do you see? Because there is an edge, but you can't do anything about it. Because what you started within those three weeks that you like, you no. Know, you can't do because you've gone home. You are in Accra. The person is in Sunyane. You see, so you can't do anything about it. So you wake up in the morning, you are there. Someone told me some years ago that that is when you stretch. It's like, the resultant effect is that you stretch. stretch Then the following day is in. So, if you don't change the habit, the stronghold will not go. That's the reality. If you don't change the habit, the stronghold will not go. So you have to look for your habits that support your stronghold. Don't kid yourself. That's why it's not one step. This thing must be done. 
because you were prepared for the stronghold to come and dwell. And one of the steps in your preparation was certain habits that allow for the strongholds to dwell. So if you want to remove the stronghold, remember, the stronghold is not just a door you break through. It's also a wall. It's not just a wall. Things are being shot at you from over the wall. Do you understand that? Yeah. And all these things, they were able to come into your life because certain things were done with you. So if you want to now remove everything, that you've built a house, you want to build another one in its place, you have to break the house down. You get it? And that's how we remove a stronghold. So your habits must change. So I said, if you are addicted to pornography, you have to stop watching movies. Amen. Yeah. But it's too drastic. That is why we know that you are breaking away. They say, oh, let me just watch a few. They will know that you are not serious. Ah! This is why the addiction persists. We are done with movies. But it means that when you wake up, and you are there, and maybe there is no work to do, you have to find another thing to do. And that's difficult for many people. But that's what you have to do. So you can't watch movies. What can you do now? Find something to do. Hallelujah. Don't leave the time that you would have used to watch movies. Don't leave it there. So when you want to watch movies, but you find you can't watch, you are still sitting there. But you are sitting there, hey, I wish I could watch movies too, but I can't watch too. So you sit there, eventually you'll be back. You don't have to spend time missing your old habits. You have to create a new one in its place. You see? So if you are letting go of a habit, you have to create a new one. And normally, there are good habits we have not yet built. And as we are getting rid of the old habit, you may want to create a new one. Maybe you should talk to people more. You should relate with your spiritual friends. You should talk about the vision of God for your life. You should pay someone a visit to discuss certain spiritual things. Or this is you don't do it again. You are too full from church. That when you leave church, let's allow ourselves to be in the world a bit. No, you don't do that. So you must put another habit in its place. But your habit must go. And I'm intentionally doing If you are caught up in pornography, you have to stop watching movies. Movie is not your lifeline. As I said, those that are doing the movies, if you got to know them, you would say, ah! You see, you can do other things. If you want to break away from a certain influence, break away from the people that are in that life, that are your friends. Separate yourself. There's a, a young guy that I know. He has been going out and spending money and in corners. So he said, no, Charlie. No, he has to change. Otherwise, the way he's going, he's blowing money and things. So what he did was that he found something to occupy him in the house so that he will not go out. Do you understand that? Now, it's important to take note. So, the idea is that he doesn't want to go out again with those friends, right? That's important. So, if you want to still go out, but when they bring out, you say you will take out, Or when they are discussing certain things, you'll be criticizing them in your head. And you maintain that so far as you can criticize some of the expressions that they are using in your head, it's a sign that you are on the straight path. No. Why are you sitting there? That should teach you something. As you are sitting there, it means that you are on the wrong path. So, if you have friends from work, 
the point of market now, baby, and no more cancer, no more kind of shame. Shame. Oh, yeah, day. What are you doing inside? What are you doing inside? I experienced this when I was in the SHS. That's when I decided the hair. Debbie, 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 Debbie. We came from vacation, no vacation exploits. So, boys could there. Why the Koye we see? Why the Koye will be bassy? Why the Koye see? So, some tardy boys, you know. In my school, it was also that tardy boys are spoiled. They do things, you see. So, they were sitting there in one of the courts, I think court two, lower dome. They were there. So, I went to sit there. So, I said, Yeah, but you have to fear who? Hey! The kind of thing they spoke about. See, those are some of the things that when you need a place, it easily occurs to you that, oh, you could also get a girlfriend. You are not going to do anything. You know? Just the idea that, hey, you begin to feel like you can like somebody. This is So if you feel not something you are exposed to early, like, and you may be when you soon them. But, you see, because of the exposure, we started in them. So started very early. Well, because of the exposure. So we're inside. E. Then at a point I realized that no, I have to leave. <laughs> I have to leave. From that day. You see, as I was leaving, I didn't really want to leave. Oh. Do you see? That's how they tell it. Because something will be telling the oh, yeah, some. So you want to tell, hey, this is what you guys have been doing. Hey! And that is to tell you that you that you don't like such things, right? So you like to make a certain statement to show them that you you are not like that. You you like God, but you are there. And you're enjoying it quietly in your heart. Right? You are stirred up. So as I was leaving, I didn't want to leave, but I left. And thank God I left. You understand? Yeah. And I made the mental notes inside my head. Hey, stay away from these people. Yeah, because you get close, you get close, you get close. You find that now certain ideas that would normally not occur to you, they are occurring to you. And then you are in trouble. And it's the same for a stronghold. You are within it. You realize that all your efforts to break away is not possible. So you separate yourself. Hallelujah. What conversation can you have? If you have workmates, the only conversation you should have with them is about work. The job, the job, that's all. When it's not about the job, you move on. You can't do life and things. You can't do those things with them. There are many men that became adulterers because they lingered around adulterers. And with time, they saw the possibility. And there are many men that wanted to break away from a certain life and they could not. It's as if they were always weak when the temptation came. And it was because they lingered around people who were in that life. So you have to orient things. Hallelujah. What do you think? Yeah. Now, when you begin to orient your life, you begin to change your habits. Okay, as you do these things, then the real enemy will rear his head. Do you see? The real enemy will rear his head. And that is where you make reference to what I shared on dealing with temptation. So I don't need to go into that again. The real enemy will rear his head. And that is where 
you are ready to cut off the head of the enemy. There is I all before then he was sending people. Oh, Kostopano. You see, but now the real enemy will rear its head. And that's where you stand your ground. We've shared on that in the special program. Okay. But before that, certain steps must be taken. In all of this, you must add the habit of praying. Because I told you, when you don't pray, you see, this fight, we fight it on a certain spiritual high. Without that spiritual high, without that spiritual feeling, you are not strong enough. So to keep yourself praying, to keep yourself engaged in spiritual things is a key thing. Whereas some of you, when we finish special program like this, you say, ah, you are tired. You, hey, four continuous days, you are focused so much on spiritual things. Now that we are done on the Sunday, this is a time to focus on material things a bit. It's almost that like you need to recover. This is what I'm saying is not true. Eh? But you know that you don't return again. Yeah. So you rather that Monday, you feel like, ah, you have enough backlog of spiritual exertions. So Monday is your free time, right? Your leisure time. Or Sunday after church. It's your leisure. Or the coming week. When I say leisure, I'm not talking about don't go to work. I'm talking about work day. If you don't go, they won't pay you. Right? So that you go. But I'm talking about you are just spiritually like you know, passive. I calm down. You have to breathe a bit. You are holding your breath. Yes. No, that's not what we do. We keep holding our breath through. See, even when you must rest, you don't have to rest. You see, I tell you that after 31st, I said, sleep a bit and wake up, right? Yeah, that's what you do. You rest a bit and you get back up. Otherwise, that's the end. You're, oh, I'm resting. Let me watch a few movies now. You see, you feel like I'm breath from the spiritual thing. You know, the spiritual thing is supposed to be your life, right? That is when you see that you're in trouble. So now, you rather suspended your old habits so that you can look for God. And now that you feel like you have touched God, you keep God in a box, right? And then you go back to your old habits because you feel like you found God. No. What you suspended to find God, you must keep those things suspended to continue with God. When we are doing special programs, you don't want to watch too many movies. You don't want to even watch a movie. Right? You want to stay focused. You think that as we are done, you can go back to... No. The enemy will come at you. You will not win. But what you got, it was to give you momentum to go and fight. But when you feel like, okay, now you've done enough, you've suffered enough, you've given up enough for these few days, <laughs> so let me go back to my old life. It's a non-starter. So we'll do special program after special program. So one day the enemy tells you, this special program, can do they benefit you? Because it's not that they are not beneficial. This is your life. We don't go and rest. Hallelujah. If you felt suffocating, like you have kept yourself because you're looking for, keep suffocating. You are creating a new habit. You are creating a new approach to life. 
And that will let the stronghold live your life. See? In life, eh, this is my principle. You don't have to be too happy. You see? And you don't have to be too sad. If you are too happy, you'll be carried away by the enemy. If you are too sad, you'll be carried away by the enemy. You have to be in the middle. When you are being too happy, check yourself. Oh, but some of you, that was your trouble. You are too happy. <laughs> you graduated. You were able to finish your project and you graduated. Wow. Then you are so happy that you let your guard down. That's what you mean. When you become too happy, you let your guard down. Do you see? Whilst the meat is in between your teeth, you are chewing the meat, the enemy will come. You don't let your guard down. You don't let your guard down. Hallelujah. You don't let your guard down. We are tired. You see, we are tired. Let's go for what? A vacation. You see? So you carry yourself, go for a vacation. For three days. You and God know this. So you have vacated from God, right? How will you survive? See, we went for a vacation. You can ask my buddy. On messages. Say, vacation says the message I have. Okay. <laughs> you see, that's what you don't understand. So I said that always someone must stay awake. No, yes, because oh, you are too relaxed. No, we relax because we are tired, you understand. But we can't relax too much. When the enemy comes, what will we do? Well, we don't want the enemy to meet us in the flesh. If you relax too much, you get into the flesh. If you rest too much, you get into the flesh. If you are too happy, you get into the flesh. If you are too sad, you get into the flesh. If you are getting too happy, you stop yourself. You remember that there are important things. You don't get into the flesh. If the enemy has fought you for you, you are careful. Yes, and some of you, you get a stable mind for a few days, and then you rejoice, you go and celebrate your stable mind. Yes, and so you're like, ah, for three days, my mind has been stable. Wow, let's celebrate today. You celebrate yourself back into bondage. Yes. One of the things that when we were on campus, during our Akito days, they'll give us work on Friday. So that was Friday. Then they'll give us a studio, we'll go and sleep. Well, we are tired from the Thursday submission. So we come on Friday to take the assignment. Then we tell ourselves that we deserve to relax because we have suffered up to Thursday. So we don't do the work Saturday, Sunday. Even Monday, we come and say, you do what you don't do. You do what I don't do. You do oh, Tuesday. Then you say, Thursday is coming. So by Tuesday evening, Wednesday, then that's when we start the work. Do you see? And you yourself, now when you are doing the thing at the time, say, hey, you can't really work. Oh. We work overnight. We work. Do you understand? So one thing that troubled me was, how can't we continue with this momentum? Do you understand? After we have submitted. Because if you can do this, and there were people that did, anyway. But people like me, I was asking myself, how can't I continue with this momentum? Because if we work hard, then you are thinking, ah, when they give you the assignment, the same sleepless night continues, right? 
Then I diagnosed the problem. I mean, many other things, but this was a major problem in the thing. And it was to overly indulge because you are overly happy. You are overly satisfied. Like you have presented, especially if you pass through. If you presented, you, you did well. You don't hold yourself within a certain moderate state of heart and mind. You let yourself go. So when you say, you you go and rest on the Thursday. We go and do this, we go and do this, we go and do many things. They will sleep, they will come. Friday, they'll just give us the studio, introduce it to us. They will go out and go and enjoy more. And it's because we feel like we deserve to lay down our tools because we have worked very hard before. And that is how we are unable to sustain that level of hard work which we use to come and do the assignment to deliver it to. So if, let's say, we just enjoy small or we were just within a moderate state of excitement and happiness, we will have the presence of mind and even part of the energy that we use to complete the previous assignment, it will be with us. But what will be that we enjoy her and we lose that energy. We lose that conviction. We lose that sense of hard work that we built to come and do the assignment. We lose that. So I that was the problem. The sad thing that when I realized this, I was about to finish school. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So don't be overly happy. Dizzy. Now we buy a car. We have to let you go for one month. We don't have to expect any spiritual thing from you, because you let the car get inside, get inside you. You are a prey for the enemy. When the enemy comes, you can't stop the enemy. You marry fresh. The married people always tell you, you marry fresh, we let you go for six months. But if you've not had sex before, you are now going to have sex. The whole feeling and things, start having sex more, small. Your head is in the pocket or in the purse of the one you are having sex with. Everything my husband, everything my husband. You forgot that God is your first husband. <laughs> you are crazy. You see, when we say we will leave you for six months, it's not that we will leave you. Some of you may not even return. I'm telling you, by the time the six months is over, you have become something else. Why? Because you let yourself go to when you forgot that <laughs> said, give no place to the devil. But you, Charlie, Hmm. Some things you shouldn't do. Hallelujah. I'm telling you something you shouldn't do. Like even your animal then. See, hey, mama, mama. You're a mama. You are trying to serve God, right? But if your animal pure is a pure that you have to act like somebody in the world. You see? It's why you're serving in an compound anymore. What I'm saying is not true. No, how will you come back alive for God? No, and the enemy will strike during those times that your spirit is low. When your spirit is high, normally you, you are not in attack. Even when you are attacked, you don't see. Do you see? So you have to stay within a certain acceptable. It's like the way when the enemy has got you hooked on fear for the future, you are trying to be happy, but the enemy tells you, hey, you don't know the future. It could be bad. Though. Then your happiness, you stay within. Do the same thing too for yourself. 
when it comes to staying within an acceptable state of happiness in order to maintain a certain spiritual level. You don't have to let yourself go too much. Be happy, but stay alert. Hallelujah. Because the enemy will come. So the Bible says that we should be what? We should be sober. Huh? Sober and what? Sober and vigilant. Wow. If you are sober, you see, you can't overindulge in happiness, overindulge in sad. Some of you, you can allow yourself to be sad about something and you are gone. You enter a certain frame of mind. Your mind is open season to the devil. You come strongly under the influence of demonic activity. Because you allow the sadness to descend into chaos. And you are convincing yourself that it's because you are sad. Like, it's all right for you to sink into that depth because you are sad. You are sad. No. Hallelujah. So don't allow yourself to go into certain places. Don't. Stay within a certain frame. Don't be too happy. Don't allow yourself to be too happy. I'm not saying don't be happy. Don't let your happiness become something. Don't go overboard with your happiness. Stay alert. So when you are happy, do it this way. When you are so happy, just know that the enemy is still there. You see? And the enemy can attack. Just know. That alone will keep you, as you are enjoying your happiness things, it will make you sober a bit. So you have an eye out for the enemy. Otherwise, the enemy will deal with you. And the reason why the enemy succeeded is that you had a victory. That's like many people, after one victory, they descend into chaos. And it's because they celebrated the victory too much. Do you see? Like some teams, after one season, they go to relegation. Do you get it? Or they become mid-table. I mean, they won the league. Do you get it? Or some people blow the BC, when they come to SS, they become poor students. Because they have still not recovered from the BC hangover. Nine ones, right? They feel like, Charlie, they have overcome the world. BC. You should be sober. You should be happy. You get it. You should be happy. But hey, a new level. Sometimes when people have been victorious in one thing, they cannot be victorious in the next because they don't stay within that moderate state. They overly enjoy their victory. And you can't do that. Hallelujah. So what are you going to do so that you can break away from the stronghold? What are you going to separate yourself from? What are you going to change? Because strongholds don't just go like that. Hallelujah. So if you must break away from a certain boy that you like. Do you see? So can't I convert him? No, you see, relax. There are important things at stake. Okay, number one, you can't. So let's get that settled. You can't. No, look at yourself. Even you, you see that as you are yourself, you have a chance to be changed. But now you are trying to find a way out. You. Do you see? You. So you have a chance to change by breaking away from this boy. You see? Or this girl. <laughs> but now you are trying to find a way. Even you, you try to maneuver. And then now you are going to be responsible for changing another person. Do you see? 
How will you do that? Explain. You can't do anything. So you have to just walk away. What if I don't find another person? Yes. Remember, the enemy will tell that you lose the world, right? You don't say, oh, I'll find in the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. You can't win that way. So even if I don't find another person, this person that I know I must go away from. Isn't that the question? The question is not that I'm going away from one to fall into the arms of another. The question is that this is bad. I must walk away. We don't say, okay, because if you walk away, you will find something better. That's why you walk away. No, you walk away because it's bad. That's all. We are done. And that's why we say that even if I don't find anybody, I know this one I must walk away from. What do you think? Even if no one else comes, I know that this guy there, I'm not accepting him. We are done. I know that this girl there, master, strange woman, let's walk away. That's how we do it. So if you want God to give you a dream that there's a knight in shining armor coming. There's a gentleman like Benedict coming your way. Mm. <laughs> it's even better than the one that you are letting go. They say, aha, God, now I'm letting go. You have not overcome. When we overcome, we must overcome even if we will lose what the enemy is trying to tell us we will lose. It doesn't matter. And I explain that to you. You let go of the world. That's the only way. Because of you, you must walk away from that gentleman. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You want to get out of that stronghold. You see? But you think, oh, but I like him. Then just say you don't want to get out of the stronghold. So we understand. Do you see? But if you want to get out of the stronghold, then you must accept that this is contributing to you staying in the stronghold. So I must walk away. Hallelujah. What do you think? And the more we take away these things, the doctrines, the false ones, then the habits and those things, we'll find that the stronghold within, its power begins to die. And the Lord now can come in and then remove that stronghold from there. A stronghold is a stronghold because it is strong. So we don't just kick it away. Hallelujah. And the one that wants to remove the stronghold must be ready to go all the way. And remember, you must be drastic. You see? Oh, if your one eye causes you to sin, God did that. Oh, but can't we? Can't we just manage it and maybe we can isolate what is in it that is making us sin, right? So at least we can save the eye. Yeah? You better specs. So the specs will correct. Do you understand? No, that's not how we break away. We cut it out. We are drastic. You see, if I'm your tight friend and you go rogue on God, we are not friends again. Oh yeah, understand that. We are not friends and you find it. I don't say I hate you now. We can't talk. We can't do all those things. So what should I do? The way that I'm thinking, you are now thinking different. You have gone into the world and you are now doing things there. What should I do? When we meet, oh, hello, how, oh, how is everything? How are the children? No one is there, the other side. But say, 
the way we were before, we can't be like that. No matter how far back we go, <laughs> the other side, no matter how far back we go, we can't do that. Because you, you may drag me into certain things. And you know, evil has a stronger pull. If you are in the midst of evil, evil has a stronger pull than good. I've explained this to you. Evil has a stronger pull than good. Because good considers free will and many things. So when good is edging you, it is more subtle. It tries to push you small, small. Then it tries to give you reasons and it encourages you. But when evil is pushing you, it tries to take away your free will. So it presses on you so hard that it seems like you don't have a choice. So we don't play with the seat of the scornful. We don't sit around places where evil is going on. We don't stay amongst friends and relationships. We don't even stay in the same neighborhood. Huh? Some of you students, even to choose a hostel, that's where your evil began. You see, you chose a hostel that all around you, campus, one of the places I made up my mind to stay away from was Brunei. Do you see? Because you know, it's not like you do anything, you know, but you also don't know what you may do if you allow yourself to go small, small. Do you understand? But tell me, there are certain things that before were unthinkable to you. Now they are thinkable. You see? I say that way. And in certain places, we don't choose a hostel that is too far. You see, those that was our doctrine, you know. But these is young people that have come. You want a hostel that is too far. We didn't want to stay in a hostel that is one in a room. Do you see? Why? You see, you pull out many justifications, right? But you find out that there's a stronghold. And that stronghold is leading you, telling you that, oh, get your own room. And then it will lie to you that, oh, so you have your privacy for what? Yes, and then you'll be able to keep your things intact. Some roommates, they'll mess up your But you have a very close spiritual friend that will not mess up your things. You see, people know. It's as if they will not, but they will. You see. Meanwhile, you just want a room that if your boy visits you, what do you think? There will be no hindrance. No one will knock at your door. No one is coming back from lectures at a certain time, so you need to hurry up. <laughs> so you find that you are in a, one in a room and you are now two in a room. Just that now it's a boy and a girl. What do you think? You are living like husband and wife now. But you want to break away from a stronghold. See, but those we say, oh, we don't want to go too far. We want to stay within. See, we used to choose hostels amongst the brethren. Like brethren being hostel, room we chose hostels within that. Then Close to lectures, we are done. Our time for sure homes was forbidden. <laughs> Do you get it? Caesar's Palace, it was forbidden. If you are a student, when you are here and you feel like, oh, so free and But no quality, wouldn't you be there? We wanted to rent a house, so we all have our rooms. We went three of us. 
Juliet wouldn't say, oh, let's go for chamber and hall, so only you will be in a rented house. Hey! You see? You know, you want to be like the bar, wouldn't you any? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, the airborne, and we'll win the Tuesday. Hey, how are you? We know that you are there, and we can come to your room at any time. What do you think? Come and ask for something. <laughs> you see, but these days, hey, we are hiding in corners. It's a habit that must be broken. And it's because it allows for the stronghold to remain. It allows for the stronghold to remain. Hallelujah. What do you think? Some of you are trying to run away. You are looking for something that will take you away. You see, it's a stronghold that is trying to establish itself. Because the moment you go, you can now continue freely in that stronghold. I think I've made my point. May the Lord help us. I want you to write down particularly certain ideologies you have that you must change. Yes, I'm not sure is Jesus God or his Lord. And then Nambibiemu, but when he near, it's like, it seems like a Dawah dream so all the time. Those are the ones I want. I'm not talking about he overcame the hells and made this human divine. Yes, I know. That one, you can have all these things in your head and have a different doctrine for life. You see, I want those doctrines that are for your life. That you feel like, ah, this one, why do I believe this as I say I'm a Christian? So if you believe so much in networking to the detriment of your spiritual sanity. It's a false doctrine. Networking cannot be what we do first. We must look for the sanity of our souls and the purity of our hearts. That's what we must look for first. There's a man that likes you. Cut the man off, but you feel like the man is well positioned in society, right? So you must keep the man around, right? Okay. It's a stronghold. Is finding establishment. You will enter another phase of the stronghold very soon. You see, it's a false doctrine, but it doesn't paint itself truly as a false because networking is good, right? At times, somebody is the one that will open the door for you, right? There are even messages that people preach on it. But to what extent? And what will you give in exchange for it? This man likes you, right? He's calling, he's a married man. But he's the board chairman of well, Ghana Gas. <laughs> and you also are doing petroleum. <laughs> Easy. So it's a false doctrine. Networking is good, though, but not that good. Do you understand? Networking is good, but so you are on certain pages. And, and some will reassure you. But that is also where the enemy is cornering you. Because then you know too much for the enemy to use against you. You see? Oh, pages be so. No more cancer. No more cambasem. If you are on certain SHS pages, JHS pages, then the kind of thing is like you are in Sodom. Or if not in Sodom, when you open the gate of Sodom, your house is there. You see, but you are there. Huh? You are there. So I'm there for information. Okay, 
So why are you reading the things? Do you understand? Why are you reading? So if I don't read, I will not know. <laughs> now you know where we are going with this. You don't stay in such places. You don't. It's not that important. You would think it is important. You would think it is important. Me, I'm coming from an SHS that is a solid, actually is the strongest SHS fraternity in the country. When we did our own, that's when people saw that, hey, yeah, day to day can, you understand that. But that page, hmm, they said it's been 18 years since we finished school, or 17. Normally 20 years, you have to go back, you get it, and go and do strange things in the school, like powerful things. I doubt if I'm going. Yeah, because that page, I didn't even know till one day, a message came, to, like the page is down there in the WhatsApp, then they put a message, then the page has come up. Do you understand? Because Charlie, Maybe we just send our contribution that they should go and use it. Amen. Because to go and no shame it will take too much from me. Yeah. So if you feel, oh, but you will return and come and psych yourself up. Do you understand? No. By the time you are down, do you know what the enemy has taken from you? That season, that two weeks, three weeks, one month that you are on spiritual. So if you, that's what you tell yourself. You can always bounce back. That's what Samson did. So he couldn't come up again. You don't do that. Hallelujah. Oh, association for links. As you have even been there, what links has come to you? May the Lord help us. Let's make the step. Some of us, as we did the special prayer, we've come to terms with the oppression we are under. And I'm showing you that if it's a stronghold, this is how you deal with it. And you can't deal with it in a small way. No. You have to be drastic. Cut it out. Cut it out. Separate yourself. Change it. Replace it with something else. Go the extreme. Hallelujah. Go the extreme. And the stronghold will be broken. The Lord will help us.